all that fucking money on those headphones. And then, like, whenever we record, I still have, like, that slight delay. And I'm like, fuck. You'd think that spending all that money would be great. <laughs> yeah. you'd think. Well, I think for recording stuff, like, when it comes to monitors or whatever, like, mm-hmm. they call these, like, I think simpler is better. Like, you just yeah. want, like, a basic... I mean, the whole point is to give you, like, a flat sound so you know what it sounds like without any effects and stuff. But I bet music with those headphones is pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty nice overall. I have, it's kind of like a weird thing where when I was listening to music, it's actually great for classical music and just, oh, are we recording? Yeah, we're we're going. Oh, okay, fuck. (laughs) This whole time I'm like, we're doing the free. (laughs) So overall, I was thinking that it's great from a classical music perspective and just other music in general if you want to hear let's say you're listening to anything you want to hear like the the person's voice like how they're saying it like those slight intricacies it's pretty good but for other stuff where like this what i bought it for initially i'm like yeah this is gonna be multi um i'm gonna use it for everything and once that disappointment came in i was i have used it but i haven't used it you know yeah it's like fuck I really wanted this to be everything to me, and it was not that. So, Well, one good thing I could recommend, if you ever do go down the VR mm-hmm. rabbit hole, of like started using the feature where you can basically watch like movies and TV shows in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. If you had a VR headset and used those headphones and like watched a movie, it'd be like having your own personal IMAX, which would be sick. Oh, shit. Yeah, damn. That sounds Because I can cool. imagine that probably has like simulated surround sound, or even if not, probably like the sound quality is so good. That'd probably be sick with a VR headset. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, something to consider. Once we, uh, once our bags are bigger and you can just buy a headset. <sighs> one. Yo, so how are you feeling about this run that we're having so far? So, so torn. Like, I like waking up. Like, I check my portfolio every morning when I yeah. first wake up. And I'm like, oh, it is nice to see it up. Luckily, it's kind of peaked today compared to yesterday. It's kind of mm-hmm. in the same spot. So that part's nice, but then when I look at my DCA and I'm like, fuck, I'm getting less ADA every day. Yeah. And then the altcoins that I then buy with that ADA on a weekly basis, I'm like, fuck, those are pumping even more. Yeah. Um, so pump that's going up. Can't wait for it to go back down. It's like kind of um, not a proof case, but it's like proving the theory behind it. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is temporary, but it's just like proving that once things take off, it's going to probably be crazy. Yeah. One thing I wasn't expecting, though, so I have a couple of like NFT utility coins Mm -hmm. in my bag that like I just bought because I like these projects like a while ago. Mm -hmm. And they're like some of the highest grossing coins I've had. Like there's one called Ding, which is from Dead Pixels. Have you seen that NFT project at all? Yeah, I, I heard about it. So it's one of the like I'd call like a blue chip on Cardano. But so they have Ding, which is some utility token because it's eventually supposed to be a game, I believe. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming it'll be used for that. And that was like my top grossing token. Unfortunately, I had like $50 worth of it, but mm-hmm. it went up to like $90. Oh, but sure. um, so that's making me reconsider. I think I want more exposure into ADA altcoins. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely still focusing on ENS and LenFi because those both did really well, especially LenFi. <laughs> it's up crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's like pumped to like. It's close to six. Yeah, as I say, it was like over five dollars. Just like fuck. I remember I it was like under a dollar not that long ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, getting more ding, and then also Clay Nation has a token, which is like another blue chip. Like that's like, I'd say my most solid NFT mm-hmm. I have. And I was staked to their um, stake pool, which gave you some tokens. And then by holding the NFTs, you get you accrue Clay tokens. So mm-hmm. I had like 
almost 30,000 of those just like waiting on my NFT. So I just, you have to bake them, which is like a two week process and mm-hmm. they get transferred to your wallet. But uh, clay has gone up a lot too. So maybe buying that because it's still cheap. So yeah, just def- diversifying more instead mm-hmm. of just sticking to LenFi and ends. Um, and then I've, I haven't really looked into it, but milk, like, isn't that like the muesli swap utility yeah, token? So maybe some of that and You've mentioned Wing Riders before. Is that also another Dex? Um, yeah, it's a Dex, but uh like when it comes to the Dex battle, I don't necessarily think that you should I think Dex Hunter. Go yeah. with them. Yeah, Dex I'm so glad I bought that. Like I bought sixty dollars worth and it's already like ninety something dollars worth yeah. now. Dex Hunter is a great platform. I mean you yeah. use it all the time. And they're partnering with so many people. Partnering and also to they're adding they're gonna have a cross chain um integration. Oh soon. Good. And they didn't say when. They're like it's coming sooner than later and i'm like fuck like overall it's a great dex they're killing it they kind of came out of i mean maybe you've been following them but for me they kind of came out of nowhere like you told me about them and i hadn't heard anything prior to you like being like check this out no they literally came out of nowhere it was even surprising to me because essentially they were just kind of like building in, in silence and then out of nowhere somebody posted look at this great dex aggre- um dex aggregator you could like swap and it um, redirects your um, you're swapping to all the different DEXs in order for you to get the best price overall and then I'm like this is fucking amazing yeah and then I started using it I think by the time I told you I was using it for like a week and a half to two weeks yeah because every time I like make a recommendation I wouldn't want to like rec- recommend you something and then I'm not using it or I don't know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Like, I don't have, like, confidence in it, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. So once I started playing around with it, started DCAing, and you could create your own baskets and, like, your different allocations and whatnot, and then they're like, yeah, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, fuck, this is pretty cool. And then now, did they already start with the DCA aspect? Has it been integrated yet? I haven't seen it yet. I've been on their platform regularly. I haven't seen it, but maybe I've, like missed how to access it but i haven't seen it but i do like that they're integrated with vesper now so they're yeah. in a vesper wallet which yeah. you can swap directly from the wallet and then they also have a DApps connector mm-hmm. so you can connect to um the full um dex hunter website and like access your baskets and everything like that so oh, now shit. i can do my dca right from my phone instead of having to go on my laptop which is Damn. yeah and you get if you hold hunt you get speed boost which I just saw boost. I'm like, oh, I want to get to the next level. I thought it was going to be like staking rewards mm-hmm. or something. But then I saw it just makes it so your transactions go faster. So a eh. little bummed on that, but I'm still glad I bought the hunt for that reason because it's pumped quite a bit since I bought it. Yeah, but I think that overall. I hope hunt. it retraces though. <laughs> it's like when you told me about it, because it's kind of funny the day that you told me about, oh, have you bought any um, hunt? And then earlier that day, I was looking at all the DEXs. I was like, out of all these DEXs, and I've been very skeptical as to which one would win long term. Yeah. But Dex Hunter is in the perfect situation because they're partnering up with all of the DEXs. They reroute all of the transactions or the batchers to these DEXs. So it's more of a great partnership in the sense of, okay, they're not competing. They're adding and helping and as more DEXs come with all these functionalities, because do you see the amount of DEXs we have on Cardano? Yeah. It's fucking like, okay, would I want to buy Wi-Fi or do I want to buy Muley Swap or do I want to buy Wings Riders? Should I buy Sunday Swap? Should I buy, um, there's, okay, there's Genius Yield that's going to come out. Yeah. There's these other, it's just like over, there's probably, by the, by the start of the bull run, they're probably going to be around like 10 DEXs overall. Yeah, that's crazy. And 
Oh, there's mint swap. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, there's so many different sw- um, DEXs. And at the end of the day, I think there's probably, probably by the next bull run, there's going to be some type of consolidation where some of them, because they haven't had enough profits or just, uh, it would just make sense. Over time, I think the amount of wallets that we have will consolidate. There'll be fewer. Yeah. And the amount of DEXs that we have, they'll consolidate and there'll be fewer. They'll just like partner up in the sense of like, Oh, we're all doing around the same things. That's just like combined teams. So yeah. that could be a thing of the future, but not now since we're still in the early days of Cardano. So it's fucking amazing though, right? It's like, yeah. it's so exciting now. Like I go on Taps Tools the other day and I was like, bro, every fucking thing in the top 40. Yeah, it was all green. It's all green and they're up like, it's not like they're up like 3%. They're up like 35% and you look at the seven day, you look at the 24 and you look at the last hour and you see it like green, green, green. I'm like, yo. And this is just starting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to decide what projects to diversify into. So, definitely keep buying Indigo. one and ends. Yeah, I keep hearing things about Indigo. I don't fully understand that. So, definitely would want you to explain that. Um, but also, like, Meld. Like, I've heard about mm-hmm. them for a long time. I still don't fully understand what Meld is. And then I think I'm going to do these coins like Ding and Clay and stuff just because they are... I do think NFTs are going to come back into the cycle. It'd be impossible for them to be ignored. So those are two solid projects have been building through the mm-hmm. bear market, which I think is very impressive for NFT projects, especially since so many of them mm-hmm. were rug pulls or they had these big promises. And then as soon as the money dries up, they disappear. So both these projects appear to still be building and the team seem committed. Um, and the prices are holding pretty well considered that. So um, so what's that? So Hunt, LendFi, um and meld. ding and clay so those are the five for sure and then yeah like things like meld and indigo like i want to get to around 10 coins just so i have mm-hmm. i kind of want more exposure like this whole thing's making me realize like it isn't nice to have more exposure just because you never know what coin's going to do like 300x exactly so, um also not financial advice at all this is all <laughs> entertainment but uh so yeah what is like indigo and meld exactly so i know in- there's different things but yeah, so Indigo is kind of like a, a synthetic asset representation. So essentially what you could do is like you could leverage your ADA in order to get exposures to other assets like ETH. Okay. Um, You could also get BTC or Bitcoin. And I think they're going to have implement other assets in general. So what you'll do is you have your ADA and let's say you were like, oh, I want to have Bitcoin. But the thing is like, you could deposit your ADA into a smart contract through um, Indigo. And through that smart contract, it'll replicate the price of Bitcoin based off of your ADA. So you'll have a synthetic representation of ETH at the same price. Yeah. Uh, same thing for Bitcoin. And you could, but it's all living on the Cardano blockchain. So that's, yeah. So you're getting exposure to those assets, but you don't have to deal with like setting up an Ethereum or Bitcoin exactly. wallet and dealing with those gas fees. And so it's almost like, how the Bitcoin ETF is for like the traditional markets, but exactly. now this is like on Cardano. Yeah, that, exactly. That seems super useful. Yeah, and then they have like this IUSD too, which is a synthetic representation of the US dollar. Oh. There's been a lot of stuff going about it. I don't fully understand all of the mechanics, but this the long short of it is is the I representation of the US dollar that's triple pegged to USDC, USDT and TUSD. So in theory, it should actually price 
because they, the way that they said is like, if let's say one of them um, depegs from yeah. one dollar, the other two probably won't. So it should really, relatively speaking, like keep that peg against these other two. Yeah. But it's also a little over collateralized where it's not one to one. It's like one twenty. It was initially one twenty to one, where it's like you'd have to have um a hundred and twenty like one dollar and twenty yeah in order for you to get that one dollar representation. That makes sense. So so they had it that way, but it started like depegging like heavy. It was oh. like at eighty cents at po- certain points. So they had certain proposals in order to increase the collateral, um, the col- over collateralization to like one fifty, and essentially what was going on is like a lot of people started to like, um, get US, um, IUSD from the market, and then they would like go buy other assets, and then from buying other assets they would, I didn't necessarily, I still don't understand the whole mechanics of it because nobody has kind of like gone over like the whole issue, but. It created a market dynamic where there were fewer the the price of IUSD on DEXs which is lower than you minting you um IUSD oh. through the Indigo platform. So are people so, trying to like use arbitrage? Yeah, and stuff? they've been arbitraging it like heavy, and because of that, the DEX price has just been like dropping and dropping. Oh, so they created a proposal. They, they showed. Would like, that be a good time to buy it though, if the dex price is like tanking? Because it is. In theory, it should come back up to a dollar once exactly. they get it sorted out. Exactly. That, that's the the theory behind it. And though, because at the end of the day, even though it sounds, it's like everything in life. It's like the theory sounds good. You put it to practice, and people start using it in different ways, and you're like, "Fuck, this yeah. is not what we expected." Yeah. So, um, so they, they they started like changing the collateral, um, version. And they showed like they showed like a whole chart about it, and I was like, I still don't fucking get it. Yeah, <laughs> like I, it's like I'm trying to understand it. I'm like, so but um, the market dynamics. How I just understand that at the end of the day, it's trading below peg, and yeah. it's not necessarily the best for a person. Like, oh, I want to like put. Let's say you're taking your profits in a bull run, right? And you're like, oh, okay, let me just put in IUSD. But fuck, it's like if my if it keeps depegging. So if I try to reclaim my IUSD for let's you say lose like twenty percent of your profit. Exactly. So you um. So I've been thinking about. I'm 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 seeing it from like a theory perspective of like okay, it's out there. Um, they're trying all these different things in order to regain the peg. I have to see how the peg operates for a period of time in order for me to have confidence in whether or not I would want to store a significant portion of my profits in IUSD. Yeah. Um, so overall, and also the problem that I also have with it is that one of the pegs is USDT. Yeah, if that falls, like a third <laughs> of it's gone. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say, what's that fully decentralized stable coin? It's like DAI or something like that? Oh, yeah, on Ethereum. Yeah, I'm surprised they aren't like using that as a peg since it's like fully decentralized but still pegged to the dollar, like as one of the the things. I think maybe in time they'll integrate more um, stable coins as they're, like what it should be pointing to as yeah. a collateral asset, but... Um, as an asset in general, but I'm thinking that we could um, Jed. I was Jed's, gonna say why. I was gonna ask that too. Why would you choose IUSD over Jed? Oh, um, because they said, oh, actually, there's no real reason. Because isn't Jed super? Was it like four to one or something like yeah, that? Yeah, over collateralized. Yeah, it's like collateralized. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like a algorithmically over collateralized stablecoin. The way that they put it, it is four to one. 
And in my opinion, I'm going to fucking take all my profits in Jed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is oh. Jed really? Because I've seen it on the charts, like when I was looking at native tokens. Is Jed actually, is it publicly available? Yeah. Okay, so you could store it in Jed right now. Yeah. Has it maintained the peg pretty well so far? Is it like perfect? Bro, it's not even some, it's actually sometimes it's overpriced where it's like, um, it it keeps the peg so well that um, at times it's trading at a premium. Oh. So like instead of like for you get one Jed, it's like, the jet that you have is like a dollar oh five or a dollar oh three. So yeah, you're you're keeping your purchasing power once you um once you swap into jet. Yeah. So if you want to try to catch it when it's like pegged right to zero and then if it does fluctuate, it's probably gonna fluctuate in your favor. Exactly. So you like jet is if you look at the chart, I mean there was like a there was a but I think it was just like a um a mispricing by coin market cap because it showed that it went to 86 cents which it never did uh, because it, it it never loses it never it, you can't mint more jed if the collateralization is below 400 um is below 400 so yeah. you just have to wait until people like provide the shen the reserve coin in order for you to like regain the ability to mint jed so the from a practical standpoint i'm like I fucking trust it. Where, yeah. like, it's I know the criteria. I know how. Um, I'm probably not gonna lose my purchasing power or anything. This over collateralization that they have is like it's over, over. It's like four to one. Yeah, that's crazy. Is that like the most over collateralized stable coin? Like, are there any other that like four to one seems crazy? So far on the market, I think that's the 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 highest one. So like ADA would have to literally drop to like levels. It'd have to lose, I think they said like eighty five percent of its value in order for uh for it to kinda lose its peg, but realistically speaking, it wouldn't necessarily lose it. It was just kind of like you can't mint any new jet for a while. Yeah. So from a from a design perspective, I mean IOG was the one who designed the paper and Cody was the one who developed it and released it. And from what I'm seeing so far and at certain points of the bear market, it was pretty tough on Jed because even though you couldn't mint because it was under collateralized for so long in terms of you couldn't mint new Jed since yeah. the reserve ratio was below 400. So nothing nothing new could come into supply. So people were like, I want Jed, but it's like, I can't mint shit, fuck. <laughs> so it was just a lot of that. But overall, like, like now, since the ADA price is pumped, the reserve ratio is kind of like, shifted where it's above 400 so people have been able to mint jed yeah i'm thinking as the ada price keeps pumping as market dynamics change so a lot of it is going to start coming into circulation where you're going to have the ability to do it so a lot of people are like me personally i'm like jed for sure and there's this other one that's going to be one-to-one backed fiat it's kind of it's going to be a version of usdc where every dollar that is on the blockchain has a, a physical dollar as a representation of it, it's called USDM. They're coming out in December 19th. Oh, wow. That's soon. So, um, Is that on Cardano? Yeah, it's going to be on Cardano. Oh, nice. So, and then there's no... It's not like USDC where since USDC is on Ethereum and Solana and some of these other ecosystems, there's like a clawback. I never knew you could do that. Oh, but, was that, does that mean they can like take shit back out of yeah, your wallet? Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. For, yeah, but it's like a thing on Ethereum and whatnot. Huh. So... I didn't know that was a feature on Ethereum. That's yeah, it's not a great feature yeah. to have. Like the thing is, the great thing about Cardano is everything that you have is your own possession. Yeah, like nobody could come and just like steal your Lend Fire from your wallet unless like let's say you connected the wrong website and then they drain your wallet that way. 
I mean, yeah. that's a possibility if you're in your sonic transaction, sending it over. Yeah, that could happen. But besides that, like people can't just drain your wallet out of nowhere. Um, based on like a lot of stuff in, Heth- in Ethereum, it happens that way where people just lose like 50,000, 800,000, just like that. Yeah, that would, so, that would suck. That's my like biggest fear. I'm definitely working on securing my wallets and really taking it seriously now. So yeah, I need to, yeah, continue focusing on that before it becomes an actual like issue. Like once I have enough money that if I lost it, I'd be, I mean, I'd be very upset if I lost my whole portfolio oh, right now, but yeah. yeah. So I'm actively working on securing stuff as much as possible, but so, okay. So Indigo is like synthetic exposure to like assets and other blockchains. Yeah. What is meld? Like, I think you might've explained it before, but I completely forget. Uh, yeah, it's like lending and borrowing on Cardano too. So you'll be able to take loans out against your crypto essentially it's kind of like any other lending and borrowing platform so is it similar to lenfi then yeah it is but one of the other aspects that they've, they're trying to implement but he can't do it in the u.s yet is you're going to be able to have a bank account or like a card like a debit card that's yeah. associated with your mailed account so essentially you'd be make, be able to make purchases by taking loans out against your crypto you get a fiat um You'll be able to like take a loan out against your crypto. You get that the, the fiat value gets transferred to your mail card, and then from there you could use it just kind of like any other debit card. Oh, that's pretty cool. But it's not custodial in the sense of like they don't control it, and they had like a partner. I don't. I, they said it fell through, but they're working with other partners, and essentially they're not going to be able to control your your bank account, and also too from a, the other aspect of. They're not going to be able to hold it. And they were working with the Central Bank of Lithuania. Okay. <laughs> this kind of sounds weird where it's like the Central Bank was the one that's going to be able to service um, the aspect of you being able to take a loan. And you being able to, it's kind of like you would be banking with the Central Bank of Lithuania. But from anywhere in the world. But from anywhere in the world, exactly. Interesting. I wonder why they chose Lithuania. Is it just super deregulated or something? Um that's a good question. I never asked it because there was an interview that Ken did with Crypto Rain way back when, probably like four months ago or three months ago. And he was just explaining the mechanics of how they're not in charge of your money. And the central bank of Lithuania is not like, they can't hold your, it's not like we could freeze your money either. Yeah. So he, he was just explaining that my mechanic, but you would have the card and be able to use it like anybody else, like any other card. And at one point people were like, hey, is Mel going to come out with like like credit cards? And then he's like, nah, we do not believe that in order for you to build wealth that you should go into debt. Like the debt that you can take out is based off of what you have. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, so if you have like $800, you can't be like, all right, I need a thousand. So the most you could probably take is like what, 600 or whatever. Yeah. Um, As long as it's below the however much you have. But one thing I've been thinking about the way that a lot of stuff in crypto is, Taking a loan out against your assets is cool. I get it. But at the end of the day, um, it's kind of like, yeah, you have the asset. You could take a loan out against it. You know, like loans are not taxable. Yeah. But at the end of the day, since market dynamics change so fast. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather, instead of like taking a loan out against it, I know I don't get taxed. I have to fucking just sell this thing. Yeah. I was saying that, yeah, because it's like, if it stays as volatile as it exactly. is, that's weird to be taking out a loan against that when you don't know what the value is going to be. Exactly. And could you like, would that give you a type of almost impermanent loss if like your money's tied up in the loan and then 
I guess it wouldn't be the same as a permanent loss, but it seems like something could happen where like your collateral is tied up in this alone. You miss out on like a prime selling opportunity. Yeah. Thing. It's like, I guess from the standpoint, let's say you take, you have like a thousand, you put it and then you take a loan out against it, like say 500. So yeah. from the 500 you have, you, you want to go do other things with it. But at the end of the day, let's say the market just drops suddenly. So like your thousand gets liquidated. And you lose like in the 500 of what you had, but you have the 500 now. So essentially you kind of lose 500 bucks because yeah. of market dynamics. Because everything that you supply as an asset that you want to take a loan out against, you're going to be providing more assets than um, what you're going to take anyways. Yeah. So from a DeFi perspective, yeah, you're always going to just, it's always going to be that way. It's always going to be like, you can't just take out more than you have. Like if you go to a bank right now and let's say you're a business or whatnot, you take out a loan. Most of the time, even if they have a collateral asset, like they ask you for collateral, it's not going to be one to one. or Yeah, it's like more. 10 or 20 percent or something. Yeah, you're taking out. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's kind of weird to only be able to. I mean, it makes sense. But it, the use case of like taking out a loan for less than you have is just kind of I don't know when I would ever use that. Exactly. That's what I've been thinking about most recently. It's like. Yeah, I could take out all these loans, but I'll never be able to really capture most of my, um, I'll, I'll never be able to capture most of my value of like whatever asset I'm supplying. Yeah. So this is a complete different turn, but I've also, I haven't looked into it at all. I'm pretty sure it's a meme coin, but Snack, it seems like oh, Snack yeah. is like <laughs> pumping like crazy. Is it just a meme coin? Is it just like Hosky or is there like any utility to it or? Uh, the, uh, from when there was like a whole Snack hype, they're saying that they're, they're going to, create um they've been creating like a community around it where it's not it's not like just like a meme coin kind of like a doge or anything like that it's just you're trying to create a brand a snack brand yeah so they had like energy drinks it's called like the snack energy drinks so they, they started like releasing that i think in california at one point and also too they have snack merch and then they also have um they've been creating a lot of content in general for cardano hmm like the, they've been creating like a meme coin content, but also to take us seriously type of thing. Yeah. So overall, they they've built like a nice little community, and they've created like poker games too. So every week, couple of days or weekend, there's like these poker tournaments, and then you get paid and ADA and whatnot at the end. So they've been creating all these little use cases that maybe one of them kind of really pops off, so that like yeah. the snack brand really becomes like a big thing. And that could definitely bring a lot of people to the Cardano ecosystem. Yeah. So I think over at first, remember I, there was like a proposal to add it on Lenfi as a collateral asset, and I voted against it. But once they got in, um, like their team is mad talented in the sense of like they create great content. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is really nice, and this gonna this we need things like that in order to bring more people to the Cardano ecosystem. Yeah. So it's a net positive anyways. And people make money and they're like, you know how it is. It's like, oh, how about this like meme coin? And it's doing very well. And you're like, oh, where did you buy it? Um, It's called Snack. It's like, oh, Snack, this fucking sounds cool. And people just like go buy it and the price go up. And they're yeah. like, oh, this is fucking cool. And by the end of the day, they get, in, they, they get brought to the Cardano ecosystem. So maybe this person, instead of just being like buying this meme coin and then just like, oh, fuck it. This seems cool. And and number go up, maybe he's like, oh shit, let me go look at these other coins. Yeah, and then from there he discovers like Lenfi, he discovers Dex Hunter, discovers Axel, 
ND, all these other things. So you're like, fuck, this is pretty cool. This is a great ecosystem. So from that standpoint, yeah, I thought that at first I was very, because, you know, personally, I don't do meme coins. I'm like, fuck all that shit. It's, yeah. But at the end of the day, they need they need to exist. So, yeah, it's overall. Um, yeah, if you want to do the meme coin thing, it's like, a, it's like the top meme coin on Cardano. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, the DCA in me is always torn of like, I should just buy no matter what the price because this is what it's all about. But mm-hmm. another part of me, like, I should wait for the retracement and then start DCAing and then. But I, the retracement's probably going to come, but you never know. Who knows? This could be the start of the bull market that none of us expect. The chances are low, but you never know. But uh, yeah, so maybe I'll consider putting a little bit of money into Snack, especially since it's like the way you explained it, not just a meme coin, which. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I never really, like when you think of people building on crypto, you think of it always being like technical things, like mm-hmm. they're building utility or an NFT project, which is less technical, but still has technical aspects. But that is interesting. Like, yeah, it's super useful to just build like a popular brand or like a community that draws people mm-hmm. in where it's not, you're not building a digital product for set or like you're not coding something. Yeah. But it's also super important just to get brand recognition and get people excited and have people just organically talking about things and drawing more people in. So exactly, that does seem at least buying some coins, it couldn't hurt to have some exposure. And then actually, yeah, I thought that, um, that what ding was the highest percentage gain in my portfolio, but Hoskies was actually up a crazy percent, which it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which I surprised. I mean, I have like 9 million, which is like nothing Hoskies, but yeah, at one point it was at the, for the seven day, it was like the top earner in my portfolio. Oh shit. Which, again, it's like, Hosky's a meme coin. You need to own, like, trillions of them to even be worth, like, a few bucks. But, like, <laughs> a percentage is a percentage. Like, if you put a fuck ton of money into Hosky's and it went up 200%, you'd still yeah. make 200%, which is... I hadn't really thought of that. I'm like, maybe I should just, like, DCA and, like, 10 bucks into Hosky's every <laughs> week. And you never know, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could be a thing. But it's like, me, I have, like, the rigorous of, like, it has to provide utility. It has to be something that... At the end of the day, because I'm trying to see if I could have enough utility projects. I mean, we never know which one's going to really pop off. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they, if they provide value and other people are like, oh, my God, this is great value. And then they come and buy it. And a lot of the things like meme coins in general, we're probably going to do well. But one of the other things I've realized is just like I've compared everything on Cardano to what ETH did yeah. in the previous boron. So. Like things like Linfi is like Ave on ETH, and I'm like, yo, if we could just reach half of it, it's like amazing to me. Yeah. So, a lot of the stuff that we have in Cardano, like Indigo, is like a there's like another project on ETH that's kind of like that. I forgot I forget the name, but there's another project that's basically the way that they're saying is they're going to be a better version of Indigo. On Cardano? On Cardano. It's called Butane. And those guys are dickheads. <laughs> it's like everything, they have a they have a X um, account. And then the way that they answer to people is kind of like, they're kind of like, they're kind of like dicks. But the problem is, I think the team that's behind it, they're very competent yeah. in terms of, they're arrogant, but I think they're competent in the sense of when they are going to release the Butane protocol, it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. It's going to be like a very good protocol. It's going to have great functionality. It's going to have all the things that some, because Indigo didn't mess up on a couple of things. Like one of the things is just like the token allocation. Like 
overall they they're supposed to they're gonna have thirty five million, and only eight million are in circulation right now. Oh wow! So, um, over the market dynamics could they they had some proposals in order to fix that, and when it comes to the inflation that they used to have, so it's kind of like from now if you stake, um, it'll end in twenty thirty. So it's kind of a wild away from like getting to yeah. the max supply. So, um. They had yeah, so the token emissions was like a issue, and then yeah, the pegging of the IUSD is an issue, and then butane does not hesitate to remind him that. <laughs> so every time there was some early post of like this is how the protocol works for IUSD, butane would literally retweet the reason like how they would say that it should never go below collateralization of like one um to the US dollar, so it should always be pegged to the US dollar. And then when it was like at eighty six cents, butane just retweeted. It should never be <laughs> below. It. I'm like, yo, you guys are assholes. But yeah. Um, and then the other day there was a butane posted. Oh, we're looking for a partner, and th- that offers this in terms of like one of the swaps. And there's this new swap that comes out. It's called Teddy Swap, and it's essentially they initially they had said that they were going to be like a a swap for all stable coins. But I think they've expanded beyond that because I think HENS is offered under platform. So I don't know what that's about. So I haven't looked into it that much. So Butane has that post saying, oh, we're looking for a swap partner that doesn't have battery fees and some of these other ones. And then Teddy was like, hey, under their post. And he's like, not you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, oh, these guys are assholes. They're pretty funny, though. So, But the team is pretty competent. And one of the things that I'm thinking is that one of the guys in LinFi works, I think he also works on that on the butane protocol. And they're going to have BUSD, which is going to be like the Their bute- version of it? Okay. Yeah. So we'll see how that pegs. And one of the assets that's going to be offered on their platform is LinFi. So you're going to be able to have a synthetic representation of LinFi on their platform. Oh, oh. So what would be the point of that, though, to not just buy it? Actual LenFi. Yeah, I never understood that because they showed us. They show, oh no, I think I'm misexplaining it. I think the way that they're going to have it is like LenFi is going to be able to be used as an asset that you'll be able to take synthetic assets against. Oh, okay. It's like the other way around, as opposed to like taking out LenFi. Okay. Like you'll be able to go dro- uh, deposit your LenFi on Butane, and like have representation of another asset. Okay. And from from the Butane protocol. So you could have like 500 um, LenFi sitting in butane and that would give you exposure to like synthetic ETH yeah, without absolutely. actually having to buy it. You're just like allocating your LenFi to be... Yeah. Okay. So I think that's how they... Because I just saw like a couple of charts and the yeah. way that they, they had shown that LenFi was going to be one of them and some other ones too. Um, can you buy into butane yet? Do they have a coin or Not are they yet. waiting for the protocol to go live? So they had like... Overall, they're doing a snapshot for their followers, and they're going to airdrop some to their followers on X. Oh, have so, they done the snapshot yet? Oh my, did they? I, think I should follow. How do they know what wallets associated with your? I still don't understand that. It's like the way that they're, they're they mentioned it. Like, yeah, we're looking at the snapshot of our followers. They're going. They said they're going to be have. They're going to have more details. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'll just follow it until. Do you know what their um their handle is? I just want to follow. Yeah, just I forget. yeah, just look at look for a butane protocol, and then it's like a nice, like a B, like a big B. Okay. And 
so they, but also too, the, like the token allocation is going to be 25 million total supply. And they're going to have a pretty big treasury. It's not butane network, is it? Is it? Let me see. Well, I don't see anything under, unless I'm spelling it wrong, but there's butane network. It's the first one, that first one. Oh, this one? Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Butane no. protocol. You're right. Crafting a future in open finance with fungible synthetic derivatives powered by Oracle priced feeds, building our vision on Cardano. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're a competent team with a bunch of dickheads, but I love them though. <laughs> I think once they release their protocol and other implementations, they it's gonna be pretty good. I think the protocol is gonna be pretty good. So I'm thinking that butane and axo. Remember the axo, the DEX that I showed you? The testnet one I sent you the video about? I remember the video, but I can't remember the details. Oh yeah. yeah. So they're gonna be like a, a DEX where it give like the guy who built it, Jarek, fucking genius. He's like really smart. And he basically he said something that I've known, but not necessarily like on a one to one basis where like I really understand it. It's just yeah. kind of like I've watched a video about how markets work in general. So like let's say you go on Robinhood right now and you go buy a particular stock, right? Yeah. Like when you buy the stock, there's like there's a lot of things that happen in the background. There's like a three to four step process in order for, even though you have it on in Robinhood, but in, um, what happens in the background is all those other steps where you place the order. So from Robinhood, they have to like go match that order with one of their providers that, um, so how did, yeah, damn it, I'm going to probably mess up the way they explain it. So let's just say that instead of having two to three steps in order for your order to settle. Yeah. Axel is going to have you where once you place your order, it go, you go directly to the market. It's, okay. It goes straight to the market as opposed to like having all those three intermediaries in the background that happens like in traditional finance. Yeah. So so you're always going to have direct exposure to to the market. So you'll be able to anything, trades that you execute will be, you're going to be living in the market essentially. Yeah. So you're, you're, re- you're getting rid of all these intermediaries. So whatever the, what you want to do, you want to stop loss, short, blah, blah, blah. Every, all these assets are going to be within your control and you're going to be able to capitalize on anything that's happening. So that basically make it like there's less points of failure. Exactly. Should be faster, and would there be like less fees involved as well? Because there's not as many like middlemen. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Less fees, um, and overall better for the trader or yeah. like the person using the protocol. And over time, as like you know, Cardano gets better, faster, cheaper, you're going to be able to leverage and use those aspects of like Axel is going to be able to leverage and use all of those functionalities in order to provide a better product and a better yeah. service. So. It's in the early days. You saw the testnet. You liked it. Yeah. And all I liked it too. So I think it's a great project. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. God, there's been so many <laughs> things you sent me. It's like hard to remember everything. Um, but yeah, that definitely. They were the first one with the DCA feature. Okay. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because the testnet, you had like test tokens and exactly. stuff, right? That you could. Yeah. I'm just trying to. Yeah. Everything gets jumbled up in my head. Me too. Um and are those, do they have, can you buy into that project right now? Not yet. It's, uh, they, they had a, initially, they, they rebranded. Before they used to be called Maladex. I was sh- okay, Maladex. You remember that? Yeah, right? Maladex rings a bell more than, yeah. Exactly. So they rebranded from Maladex to Axo. And for a long period of time, everybody would say, like, when, are, when are you releasing the token? When are you releasing? And they had done an ISPO 
but with regulatory and everything, they returned all of the ISPO back to people. And they were like, you know what? We're going to do like a release with accredited investors only. And just like you're going to be able to claim a certain amount of your access that you've delegated based off of if you do KYC. So people who wanted to get their axle later on could just like KYC and or and claim their axle. So they said that the token's going to be released and widely available once they go main main. Okay. So that should be within the next month or two. How did they refund? Did they just send everyone back their ADA and like yeah, the tokens do. that they already sent out to the, are those just like not valid anymore? Like or had they not issued that? They, they, oh, they, they, okay, they, they hadn't yet. issued the ISPO yet. Okay. Yeah. So they just refunded everything. Yeah, they just refunded all the wallets okay. back there. That makes sense. Their ADA. So I think that's a great way because, you know, a lot of times in the past, it's like you could get refunds anywhere in the world, right? But it's kind of like there's so many processes to it. But if you have a wallet address that's associated with that, that wallet address is not going to go anywhere. So it's not like a debit card or anything. I mean, even though with a debit card, even if you lose it, you get another one, you could still get the money back Yeah, because it's associated with an account. But for that, it's just like, it's easy. Oh, they had that wallet. Let's send it back to that wallet. That's that. Yeah. So, and that's um, a good way to. I mean, I'm sure people were annoyed because they thought they were going to get an ISPO. Yeah, but at least that builds a little bit of trust of like getting your money back. That doesn't always happen in crypto. Oh yeah, but I don't necessarily. Und- it's like one of the things that I'm. I think I told you before, but it's getting more reinforced, especially recently. Um, especially during the bear market per se, like NFT projects. There's been projects that have rugged overall. Yeah, but I think that the quality of the people and the like some of the people building on Cardano are like very smart. Yeah. Like, like close to geniuses in the way. And then they have like very high character and integrity. Yeah. And that's one of the good things. It's like if you're going to build these protocols, like you don't want a fly by night type of guy. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. So I'm building this shit. Fuck it. <laughs> if I know I'm going to make a lot of money from it. But if it, if I, if people lose money and whatnot, I don't really care. I'm yeah. already going to be rich. But a lot of these guys, like the guy from Linfire is like, yo, we need a second security audit. Because, like, even though we feel pretty comfortable with, like, we could push it and, like, go mainnet, but we'd rather be safe than sorry. I'm yeah. like, fuck. And that's, and then they got the approval from Catalyst to do it. And it's, that's, like, a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, well, like, it, make, it makes sense. I mean, if they fucked up and lost a ton of people's assets or lost their own assets and stuff, like, yeah, that's way more of a pain in the ass than just doing another audit. Like, definitely better than be, to be safe than sorry. In crypto, where there's like no refunds, exactly. And Ave had to pause their network like two to three times w- within the bear market because of some bugs that yeah. that happened where people lost. I mean, the protocol lost like ten million dollars here. Like people don't necessarily talk about it, but at the end of the day, the way that the Linfi guy Mantis wants to wants to put it, he's like, "I want this protocol to run even if we're not around." Yeah. Even no, but in his mind, he's gonna be around. He's gonna. It's not like a. He's like, oh, I'm not going to, eventually I'm going to retire. He's like, he wants to build, like I told you, like the the best lending and borrowing protocol on Cardano. Doesn't matter, you know, real world applications, all that stuff that's going to come out in the future. He's like, fuck it. Uh, we want to be the number one place that people want to go to in order to get a loan. Yeah. So that's what we're building. And we want to build in a decentralized manner, great token emissions and whatnot. So, so he's building it that way. So that's his mentality. And as people use it, people feel very safe using the protocol. There's no hacks and all that stuff. It it works the way that we want it to work. 
you know, it has great functionality and whatnot. So at the end of the day, so fuck it. Why would people go other places if they could just stay on Lenfi and use the great product, right? Yeah. So that's a great thing with Lenfi. Well, and if they're like the best lending protocol or place to go on Cardano, mm-hmm. as crypto becomes more mainstream and like exactly. Cardano becomes like the best place to go for like to be the best of the best yeah in the long run like they could be the number one lending platform in the world exactly so <laughs> it's like a perfect place to be and we we're still i mean i know it's five bucks and i i can't bring myself to buy it right yeah. now it's like because i think it could reach 300 bro i say i'm gonna i'm still i'm waiting for my daily coinbase to go through and then transfer into my my weekly dca into the Altcoins. Still gonna buy some Lenfi today, even though it kills me. But. <laughs> it, it, it pains me so much, and at the end of the day, I'm like, hopefully there's a retracement. But it could get because like right now it's like close to six bucks. Imagine yeah. the bull run, man. It's yeah. Because like, bull runs, even though like we want to be like, oh yeah, it probably could peak out at like fifty or whatnot. But the thing is like, things don't get priced appropriately in a bull run, so. The over-evaluation of Lenfire, maybe, I mean, we both know Lenfire is going to be a great product and whatnot, but is it going to be worth, like, let's say $700 worth of a good product for one coin? Probably not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's going to be, a, there's going to be an over-evaluation of it, and that's where, like, oh, fuck it. Um, it's great for us where if we're selling within that period of, like, it reaches, like, 300 bucks or 200 or whatnot, and we're selling at that point or, like, even 500 or 600. Yeah. Um, and when it retraces, like, which it will, back to, like, a more favorable or, like, more acceptable price, in my opinion. Maybe it's, like, it retraces from 700 to, like, 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, you're like, fuck. It, I was, like, selling at 600. But at 50 bucks, it's a fair price for yeah. what it offers. So, um, yeah, Linfi and the same thing with Hens and the same thing with um, some of these other protocols, too. So, Mel, a lot of people have soured to it because they kind of like moved away from Cardano. They've gone, they've they've said they're going multi-chain and they've been building out on the AVAX subnet, um, to, on AVAX. Oh, okay, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that's happened, and a lot of people like saying, "Oh, why?" Because they said that I don't necessarily believe them a hundred percent, but they said that there's an issue with the Cardano black blockchain that it's not a big issue, but it could affect their protocol. And because of that, they've decided to, they're not going to stop building on Cardano, but they've not, they're not going to go main net on Cardano. Yeah. So it sounds so, like they kind of want to diversify. To exactly. Like, yeah. Minimize the risk, I guess. Yeah. That's what they said. Um, but I'm like, at the end of the day, all these other protocols are still, they're building and launching on Cardano. So I guess your guys are just not smart enough or I, I don't necessarily know. Maybe they don't have the, the right people in order to yeah. like, um, launch on Cardano, like because some like the Linfi guy, the Henscoin guy, the Axel guy, like they understand Cardano from like a deep structure of the protocol, and they're like, "Fuck it, okay." So whatever the trade offs, I think we're going to be able to overcome them and yeah. still build out our product so that it works very well. So maybe they just don't have the talent. That's what I mean. There's talent is few and far between. Yeah, especially in such a new space and exactly. like it does. I I know. Very little to nothing about coding, so. Yeah. But it seems like coding on Cardano, what was it, Plutus and like Haskell? Mm-hmm. And didn't you say they're now adding like more yeah. mainstream programming languages? But yeah, it seems like the amount of people that deeply understand those systems is like pretty limited in the world. Exactly. Oh, very limited. I mean, it, it, we have ICANN, this new programming language, which is much easier 
to build on and a lot of people have started to adopt it. It's pretty good and people like it, but still, it's still fairly new. Since it came out like a little over a year ago, I remember in the peak of the bear market, they're like, oh, you guys want to build on Cardano? This is a new programming language. It offers all the simplicity. And I followed them. And then the one thing that gave me the greatest confidence in Lenfi is just like one of the guys who built Icon went over to Lenfi. Oh, yeah, hired. I remember you mentioning that. And now. I was like, fuck, they got, they got a good guy. They got yeah. a good guy in there. So um, that's like, and then the team is only like three, four people. So they have Mantis, the guy who, the founder of Lenfi. And uh, I think his brother, him and his brother are like the co-founders. And then the third guy is the Icon guy. And I think there's a fourth guy floating. Um, I don't necessarily remember who he is, um, but I think they have a solid team. And the Henscoin guy is like another, I mean, we know Vladimir. Yeah. It's getting better with the interviews, though. They are slightly less dry, the ones you, the more recent <laughs> ones you've sent me. He's not as bad. He's getting better at yeah. it. Yeah. So. Well, he should focus on the protocol and not getting better <laughs> at interviews. He, only so much time in the day. So. It's like, I don't get it. Let me explain the protocol. <laughs> it's like when he starts talking, it's like he's really smart, but it's like the way that he talks is like not very fluid. Whereas yeah. it's like he's thinking and talking and he knows what he's talking about, but like the, his delivery is not the best. And it's such high level stuff too. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you need like very good explanations and analogies and like an engaging voice to make that stuff like really interesting instead of just like your brain turns off within like 30 seconds. Exactly. So, but I trust Vlad to like get me, to make me a millionaire, man. Yeah. Like my, I'm looking at hands. I'm like, yo, this is so undervalued. I mean, it's going up to like one something and I'm like, yo, when it goes to, because there's a lot of interest, like overall right now, over 30% of the total supply is staked. Yeah, that's crazy for yeah. still being so under the radar that like the people that are holding it are that engaged. Exactly. So I'm like, if we're seeing this now, would it be out of the realm of possibility to see like a thirty dollar hands? Like, is, is that sound ludicrous to you? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not ridiculous at all. Exactly, and that's a very conservative view in my opinion. I think it can go much higher. Yeah. Because I told you, like, I saw some of these other privacy protocols that came out, and there's not that many of them overall across all of crypto. So. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, even though we both said, like, you know, like the $400 hand. Yeah. What would we hold? Should we hold all the way until then? Mm, <laughs> that would be highly well, irresponsible. White, yeah, white knuckling it. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it it's not impossible. But what's more probable is, like, maybe over 100 bucks. Yeah. More over like, Maybe it gets, like, it peaks out in the next born at, like, 150 to 200 so, which still, that would be a crazy increase from like, I feel like I was buying it for like 30 or 40 cents not that long ago. Exactly. So, um, I think, I think that's a good protocol. Like only the 15 million coins, too. Yeah. That's such a low volume. Yeah. So, and it's liquid staking. So, if they did the lockup portion, actually, that probably would create an even, it could reach probably $400 if they locked it up where you can't necessarily move it. Yeah. But they just went the liquid staking route. So, I like that. But- because I have my min swap, I'm staking it right now. Because there's nothing really else for me to do with it. And it's like locked up for like nine months. Oh, your min swap? Yeah, it's locked up until July, I think. Uh, yeah. I'm getting like nine percent return. I mean, I only have two thousand min swap. I got enough to get like the trading fees, mm-hmm. and then like these trading fees are like literally nothing. So I'm like, <laughs> I might as well just stake it because I don't plan on selling it anytime soon. So yeah, 
I'm getting, I think I've got like three ate off it in the past like month. So oh. I'm not getting rich <laughs> off it. I mean, if I need to, I can pull it out and it's not going to be a big deal to lose those staking rewards. But, um, but yeah, I think I've also, uh, been reconsidering my like goal for my target of mm-hmm. like being a lot more conservative. Again, it depends on how much money I can, hopefully things retrace and I can put a lot more liquidity in, in the next year. But based on just the portfolio I have now, like top goal, hoping to get like 2.1 million. Cause mm-hmm. I did the math of like worst tax case scenario. If it was all considered like short term gains and I cash out in New York and stuff, like <sighs> I'd just clear a million dollars. Which yeah, I'm I know. Like, if I make a million, yeah, it's cr- if I made two point one million, I'd lose one point one million in taxes, which is fucked up. I know, bro, South Dakota. Yeah, I need to look. I, I was looking into it more. It seems like you really need to lean into like you're a nomad. Yep. To get it, which like, I'm either very much stationed here or will probably be in Maine. So I feel like the chances of me being able to like pull that off to the IRS of like being a resident is kind of low because I have a car and all that stuff too. And like, if I have South Dakota health insurance i don't think many people here would be in network and oh i see so i i feel like you as a single person that seems like they're going to be traveling the world yeah it's less insurance fraud me of like someone spending 364 days a year in another state probably would be hard to pull off the the digital nomad story because the way i'm thinking about it is like i spoke i kind of ran the test scenario with the lady that like hooked me up with the mailbox. So yeah. essentially I told her I'm going to quit my job in 2025 and I'll just be like, yeah, I don't have a home where something's in my name. I don't have a car that's in my name. Yeah. I'm just a single guy working in New York. And once I have my South Dakota residency, um, yeah, let's say I quit my job and I'm like, Oh, I'm just traveling. And let's say the bull run happens. I have a, you're seeing that you're, you're having a stronger conviction that it's going to happen sooner rather than later at this point, right? I mean, I still think it's going to happen end of 2024, 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen any earlier. I'm yeah. saying you never know. Like, this could be the beginning. I don't think it is, but yeah. the world's unpredictable. You never know. But I still hope and think we have at least a year. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my my case where I'm thinking that 2024, even though prices are probably going to go up and down and whatnot, is probably the what we're waiting for, like that blow-off top where everybody's telling us like your grandma's like, yeah, I've heard about this crypto business. What's going on? That bull run, that aspect of the bull run will probably happen in 2025. Yeah. Or like start late 2024 around this same time that we're in. And it's probably going to like two to four months after. So it'll carry over into 2025. So if I quit my job in 2025 and I'm like showing, I, I had income from New York only since I was working there, but I'm just gonna be like, oh, I'm a digital nomad, nomad and whatnot, and I have South Dakota residency. He's like, oh, I'm like, I think I'm gonna be good from yeah. a tax perspective. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for you. I think it's like, I'm looking to get married soon. Oh, Ideally, yeah. want to buy a house. Like, we both have cars, health insurance. I think it'd be rougher for me to pull it off and present a, a convincing case. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I just bought a house in Maine, but I'm definitely a South Dakota resident. I have a mailbox there, <laughs> so. I did look it up. The taxes would be significantly less in Maine, oh, though. Not like, that. I don't think as much as South Dakota, but I would save hundreds of thousands, yeah. depending on how much I make. So that's definitely a much more, like, I think it's like 15 or 20% like less or something like that. Um, so yeah, if this could happen after I've moved back to Maine and got Maine residency, but I think to get Maine residency, you have to spend like over six months of the year in the state. Yeah. So, so, which I mean, depending on the timing, 
Also, this is definitely way too much TMI for the podcast, but having a slight pregnancy scare with my girlfriend right now, hopefully oh, will be resolved in a couple of days. <laughs> the chances are super low, but she's had a couple of symptoms, which she was on antibiotics recently when we both got sick for a few weeks. Oh, shit. So hopefully that won't happen. But if that <laughs> happens, that moves a lot of timelines up. But Oh, the baby comes before the, the wedding? Or the engagement. I or, know. Um, it's like, how? <laughs> it's like, and then you, later on, you tell your kids, don't get a girl pregnant before you marry. And yeah. then you're like, wait a second, dad. It's like, if we look at the timeline. Well, only if you've been with them for 10 years. Exactly. It's something like that. And they're like, hmm, I don't think you're giving solid advice. But anyway, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully I have at least more time than that. But if the bull run happens in 2025, there's not a 0% chance I could be a main resident by that point, which hopefully would save me a lot on income tax. But if I can get to 2.1 million, which at my current portfolio with no extra money put in, I just have to 70 X, which it's that's a lot, that but that's not impossible in crypto. No. So that's within the realm of possibility. Hopefully I can double the amount of capital I have in there at least in the next year. And hopefully the prices will be reasonable. And then if I only had to like 30 or 35 X, that's pretty doable depending on how the bull market goes. So how, how do taxes work in Maine? Is it that because New York City has like the New York, you have state income tax, New York City um, tax, and then obviously you have like the uh, federal tax. So yeah, that takes a significant chunk. So is, is Maine only state? Yeah, no city? only state tax. There's no, we barely have any cities. So okay, like yeah. po- Portland. I don't even know. I think Portland's like maybe 60,000 people and that's our largest city. Yeah. In most states, that wouldn't even be a big city. So, um, yeah, I did like, and this was just a, through a quick tax calculator thing. So mm-hmm. who knows how um, accurate it'd be. But yeah, it was pretty significant savings. And um, definitely going to need to hire a fucking crypto accountant, especially <sighs> with like the DCAing and shit. It's going to yeah. be so hard to figure out what's lo- short term and long term and stuff. Cause like, I'm constantly buying in, so if I sell all of it, a percentage of it will be short-term, and a percentage of it will be long-term, and I have no idea how the fuck I'm going to calculate the taxes on this. I'm, I definitely need a professional. But that's the thing, though. It's like, because it's such a new industry still, man, I, that's why like I think we will be fine for this cycle, the next one, and probably the point that a lot of people are going to be able to understand it probably sometime in 2030. Um, and the reason why I say that is just that I've, st- I've spoken to a couple of accountants and whatnot, and they're like, all right, I guess when you sell it, you just like pay capital gains. They're, they're not necessarily very savvy as to like giving great advice because the laws having, well, I mean, we don't even have regulation. Yeah. We don't have necessarily laws. There hasn't been an acknowledgement from the government and a lot of agencies that this is like a, it's a legitimate thing you know yeah so it's pretty much the wild west still and we need to just do our thing and what i've been thinking about is like okay so we have these two cycles to like really make money and from a tax perspective i'm going to not put anything else after i'm gonna put i'm gonna have like 5k that i'm gonna just have on the side and i'm not putting anything else beyond that all of next year Okay, so, so next year you're only putting 5K worth of capital in. Yeah, if it's like a great opportunity, let's say butane and Axel come out and it's like at a very cheap price. Yeah. They're probably going to like come out at like a high price. So I I might not even put the 5K at yeah. any point because my portfolio right now, 
if I do a 10x, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. So it's like, and it's all based off of it because I got hens very cheap. Yeah. Remember I was, I was standing, I was moving the market on myself. Yeah, that's and, insane. Yeah, I was like, I literally was, I'm like, I'm buying 4,000 hens and it was like at six, seven cents. And then they bumped it because I'm the only one buying it and there's low liquidity. It goes, it, the price pumps to 10 cents. I'm like, fuck. Should have just sold it back to yourself. <laughs> I know. It's like, I sell it back at that. Um, I wouldn't be able. It's like, I, I, I thought about that. I was like, yeah, I could like arbitrage. I'm like, but wait, who the fuck is buying it? It's literally me it's making like a little bit of money. Just losing fees every time. Exactly. So, so I think because I like bulked up on hens at such a low price and I was like, yeah, this is going to be fine. Just like leave it. And like now it's like worth a dollar. So over, overall, like I think from like getting the ISPO and that, I'm probably up like, okay, so like uh, an average of at least, I mean, I got 10000 essentially for free. Yeah, that's fucking insane. I know. So, Holy shit. Yeah, and the ISPOs, bro. So like ISPOs, if you if you really hit on a couple of them, you'll be pretty much fine. So. I mean, yeah, there's like no way you can lose. Like you exactly. can just not gain. It, like, it's just like losing your ADA staking rewards. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, it kind of sucks. I mean, maybe like 10 years from now, ADA is worth 100 bucks. You're like, oh, fuck. I should have like, that's it. I feel like you had a crappy project that died. Yeah. But overall, so I got 10000 for free, essentially, ISPOs. And then I bought, like, another 30000 just, like, yeah. through, like, moving the market by myself. And and I'm like, fuck it. I'll just, like, wait on it. So if Hens by itself does a 30X, I'll be a millionaire. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I, I'm glad I listened to you on these coins. I wish I would have listened to you earlier. I remember I was telling you this <laughs> you whole did. time. I you was did. telling you every time, I'm like, yo, bro, look into LinFi. And you did, like, I remember one time, remember when we went to the... To the restaurant, the Thai was it the Thai food restaurant? Was that when we recorded our first episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were in that restaurant and we were talking about um, Nvidia, and then you're like, "Yo, it went up like I don't remember how much because Nvidia was in the news and a lot of people were like, oh my god, this is like the best performing stock this year.' Yeah, and it went like two hundred percent or something like that. And then you're like, yo, they went up 200%. I was like, yeah, bro, but Lenfi, you remember the one I was telling you way back when? It's up like. It went because I remember it went from like twenty two cents to the point where we were talking. It was like a dollar something. I was like, yeah, so five hundred percent. You were like, I need to look into that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I finally did. But I was like, fuck, I should. I wish I God, I wish I would have gone on, on an ISPO on any project. Yeah, man. But, I mean, not, but I, that's you're putting in all the research and stuff. So I mean, you're you're gaining all this stuff. Oh um, yeah. So I'm just like at this point, and I want to have the long term capital gains because yeah, like, you bro, save so much. You save like twenty percent on that or something, bro, maybe like, more. The South Dakota, I did the math and that like the same math as you. I was like, oh, let's say I'm like very conservative in the bull run. I'm like, I see my portfolio at two million. Let me just cash out everything now. And I did the New York one and I was like, fuck, I'm losing like a million, like or like nine hundred thousand. Just round it up to a million. Yeah. But if I do South Dakota, essentially it's like I'm saving five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's insane. I'm like, fuck, because it's like over like 464, just round it up to 500. Yeah. So you're like, Jesus Christ, so I have to do this. It's like, I would be, it would be financially irresponsible for me. That's to like just... five years of living very well. Exactly. Like difference why. Like you could live pretty well for five years off just what you save in taxes. Exactly. So I'm like, I have to do this. So in February, I'm going to go. Um, I already have my mailbox. So I have to yeah. go set up. The, the I have to be there in the hotel. And then also to just... just logistical stuff so i have my license in south dakota and then after i'm done doing that then just come back um like save up some money and then it's either i have like this is like for 2024 it's either my portfolio hits one million i quit or 
if it doesn't hit one million, then I'll just like play out the rest of twenty twenty four and just like quit. Um, and then at the end of twenty twenty four, just leave for twenty twenty. Yeah. Wait. Well, the chance of my coworkers finding this out, finding this is very slim. Hopefully, okay. no one's listening. But my plan. Not even the dollar wise, but like even if my portfolio goes up like crazy and I do make like a million dollars or something, maybe I'll quit my job immediately. But I kind of just want to keep my job and stop doing any work and see how long it takes for me to get fired. Because <laughs> I've always wondered that. I mean, someone on my team j- did just recently get fired, so I know they will fire people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I in these remote companies, I just like to see how long you get away with like just replying to like maybe some slacks and like sending mm-hmm. a couple of emails, but really not doing any work seeing how long that would take and then also seeing if I get a severance package just just as a like a little personal science experiment. So I think if I get rich, I'm just going to do that, completely check out and see if I can keep my job for a month or two without doing anything. Actually, I was, that's, I wanted to do that. But the thing is, like, remember for the organization I work for, there's this big, this big push, even though I told you about how it doesn't make sense since people got fired, I mean, laid off and actually essentially fired too. But um, there's like, oh, you have job security, job yeah. security, right? And then I've been thinking to myself, yeah, I, I'm just going to like next year, I'm going to be like, fuck it, bro. It's yeah. like, there's some stuff I'm working on right now. I don't even understand what the fuck it is. It's like, I think it's like, a, I'm like a fish out of water where it's just like all this shit. It's like audit stuff. And when I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, like I don't necessarily know how to explain it, but whatever mindset or Maybe I, I don't know if it's like a smart thing or I just don't understand. I'm just not, not training that in it properly, but I just don't understand what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Like literally, like you could, I could read the information, but you said that you can't absorb it. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I'm just like reading this shit. I've, I've read it multiple times and I'm still like, what the fuck is this? Well, there's a good chance if you don't understand, there's probably a lot of people there that don't, if, if you can't <laughs> grasp it, I'm sure you're not the dumbest person there. There's probably a lot of people that can't grasp it that are just like fucking... Just well. going about their day, they're like, oh, I hope no one notices. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Here. Exactly. So, I think there's a part of that too because there was actually that segue into a perfect story. So one time, I was like, because I joined a new team, and there's this, I was like the lead on like some of the presentations, and at one point there's like this one dashboard and presentation that I didn't necessarily understand. So I spoke about it the first time around based off of like previous commentary. And then later on, I was like, I'm just trying to understand, like, what the fuck these numbers represent. So I reached out to this guy. He, he, he's been on the team for, like, over a year and a half. And he's, like, he's like the newer version, but he cool guy. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, can you explain this that, um this to me? And he was like, yeah, um, you're going to have to ask somebody else about this. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? You've been working here. Like, you've, you've spoken about this multiple times. So... How do you not understand this? But I was like, ended up. But my my real time response was, yeah. Um, I gl- I'm glad I'm not the only one who doesn't understand this. <laughs> I'm like, wait a fucking minute. You work on this all the time. Yeah, that's so. crazy. He's presenting about shit he doesn't even understand. Well, yeah, exactly. That probably happens a lot. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I did the day. I was like, fuck it. Um, I think that even though this stuff that I'm working on right now, I don't understand. I'm probably. It's like, you know, you still have, like, the part of you is like, I want to do a good job. But, yeah. but I'm like, I can't. I literally can't. It's like, I was at one point, I'm like, does this, is my dumb? Or is just, none of this is sticking. And I'm just going to have to just go, like, I'm just going to pretend and see how far it goes. Just type but, it in the chat, GPT. 
even ChatGPT can't understand. I was like trying to get like some ideas from like ChatGPT in order for me to understand. And then ChatGPT was like, bro, he was giving me like generic answers. Uh, because I was just asking like, oh, how would you go about doing something like this or understanding this? And then ChatGPT is like giving me like regular shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I tried using the regular shit in order for me to understand it by asking the professionals. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, you're kind of going too broad or like. I'm like asking bigger questions as opposed to like the micro minute stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So overall, like next year, I'm just like gonna do my thing. I'm gonna be sick. Wink, <laughs> wink. I'm gonna just be taking random days, time off, like half the day. I'm, like if I'm not working on a specific thing, I'm just like I'm just gonna take off for the yeah. day. Just, just but you're. I'm gonna be on side quests all the time until like I dip out or oh. reach my financial goal like, well it'll be interesting like if you did hit your goal with where you work specifically like it would be cool to see if you just check out like how long it'd be before they fire you like if you could like just imagine you're there for like five years and you're like i haven't done anything <laughs> why have they not fired me yet because there's this there's this woman and another team that we used to work with like like half of the day or like a great portion of the day she's just like out doing side quests. <laughs> yeah. It was like her family. She has like a bunch of shit going on. So I understand. But like at the end of the day, it's like you're still getting paid to do a job. So she's there, but she's not there. She's there, but everywhere at, at the same time. And I, she hasn't gotten fired at all. Yeah. So that, you should just like move to fucking Columbia or whatever and see if you can keep the job. Be like, uh, I won't be able to because of like the access the, thing. Oh, yeah. So because I have to... Because, you know, since I have to be in the office a couple of times, they're going to be like, oh, shit, did you? Um, there's like a network thing that's going to happen where it shuts off if you're not there for a particular period. Of yeah. Time. So I'm just going to like next year is just going to be like my fuck it year. It's like I'm supposed to do something. Yeah, I do it. And then they give me commentary and I'm like, fuck, I don't really care. I'm going to be out of here anyways. Well, the sad thing is you'll probably still be overperforming a lot of people there. Like I've really like... <sighs> I feel like I am a hard worker, especially if it's something that I actually care about. Like exactly. I can be a very hard worker, but a lot of times I'm not putting in full effort and I'm still exceeding what most other people are doing. So exactly. I'm just like, what the fuck are other people <laughs> are other people even trying at all? That's what I think. I think I have a natural ability to like convince people that I'm doing something. Yeah, same. and people just like have that. Oh yeah, he's up to a lot of stuff. And then, realistically speaking, I have I was objective about me when I was. They was giving me like the raise and performance. They're like, "Yeah, you exceeded expectations," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "I'm literally almost never doing stuff." Yeah. Like, I'll, if I send like two, three emails in a day, I consider that like a hardworking day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I did a great job today. I sent like three emails." Well, I feel like if you like do enough of the small stuff, it just gives the illusion that you're like doing a ton of things. Like I always try to like reply to internal slacks quickly, or like emails, or like talk a few times in a meeting if i actually have something genuine to say i, I try not yeah. to go out of my way to just like say, say shit but like i try to say stuff that doesn't sound retarded yeah. and i feel like if you do that stuff then people are like oh yeah he's a hard worker he's really smart he's doing <laughs> stuff all the time when i'm like i take frequent banjo breaks during the work day yeah i'm like doing side quests like sometimes i'm like waking up and i'm like working and It'll be from like the time I start, and then it's about to be lunch, and I'm like, "Fuck, I have done nothing." Same, yeah, my mornings like because I like I want to exercise and I want to practice music and all this. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll be productive in the afternoon. I'm like, "Fuck, it's like almost one o'clock. I haven't <laughs> made lunch yet." And I was like, "Shit!" And then you eat and you come back and you're like, "Fuck!" It's like, like it's two o'clock and I haven't done anything. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, "Fuck!" And then one like the only time that I have to do something 
I kind of make a big deal out of it. It's like, a, if people reach out to me, they're like, oh, we need this. I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. I'm like working on this thing that's taking a lot of time. But if I were to just focus on it, it probably would take at most an hour or yeah. two. But like I make it like, oh, it's probably going to take me like a day or two to do this. Yeah. Well, I'm always like listening to like podcasts and shit yeah, too. Me so I'm too. like, my brain's half fucking off. Yeah. God, is the world just going to fall apart because everyone's just fucking not doing any work? Like if this is what we're doing, probably most people are fucking not doing anything. I, because if they're giving me high marks for what I'm doing and I'm, I literally consider what I'm doing like pretty much garbage. So you're right. Like, who the fuck is, what, I think it's probably, like, the 80-20 rule, but yeah. part of the 80-20 rule, just like, it's probably, like, 10 rule. 10, yeah, it's, like, 10% of people are actually doing something, 10% of people look like they're doing something, and they, they convince others, and then 80% are just, like, doing nothing. And probably the 10% of people that are doing stuff is, like, the 80-20 rule. Like, 80% of the time, they're not even doing work. 20% of the time, they're yeah. getting enough done to make it seem like they're, yeah. I don't know. I know, I found out several coworkers seem to, like, smoke weed and drink during the day during work so jesus I'm like, christ i'm like at least i don't smoke i think I, I think i've smoked weed during work maybe a couple times in the year and a half i've been there but i don't make it like i typically smoke at the end of the day but i'm like damn i'm like other people are fucking just like having a party <laughs> while working so they're like half drunk through the whole day like or high so it's like yeah i wouldn't be able to like, yeah that'd be a lot harder with your job i feel like yeah and uh i I, there's been like the work functions, but that's at the end of the day, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. But I don't even like I'm still having a tough time. I think my body's still having a tough time drinking because I went to. Have you ever been to Fogo de Chao? Is that a, the name sounds super familiar? Is it a Chinese restaurant? No, or? it's a Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, okay, that's why it sounds. No, I haven't been to any Brazilian steakhouses, but it does intrigue me. It's good because it's like bring you like as much meat as you want. Right? Yeah. Do they have chicken at these things? Yeah, they, the yeah. chicken is really good. See, if really they have good. chicken, yeah, um, I've been wanting to check one out. Yeah, but yeah, they have steaks, and lamb, a bunch of stuff. So, um, they have like bacon wrapped, um, meatballs and whatnot. And then at one point, so I went to it. Um, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week, last Saturday. And then, so I we had like this Brazilian. Um, drink. It was just like a. It was like a coworker of mine. He invited me since he was going with his friends, and he's like, "Oh, you, do you want to come?" I was like, "Oh yeah," because I went to it in D.C. when I was there um, two months ago, and I was like, "Oh, it's a good place. I'm, I wouldn't mind having it again." So I go, and then it's like him and his friends and his roommates and whatnot. So we're sitting down. It's like around nine of us. So we all take like this. He said, oh, I'm ordering for the whole table. Yeah. So it's like, when that happens, it's like, oh, fuck it. I guess I'm drinking. <laughs> so I had like the the drink. It's like this Brazilian sugar cane drink. It's It hits strong. It's like you take a sip and you're like, fuck, I'm, I feel like I'm already drunk. Is it rum? Or? um, It's like a, it is a rum. It's like a sugar cane, other stuff, rum. It hits hard though. Yeah. But it's like, you take a sip and you're like, you're like fuck, I feel it. Yeah. So we had that and we had like another shot of like this pineapple. This girl kept coming over and she kept selling it to us like, well, we have this pineapple drink. It's very good. She came in at the beginning and then later on she came back again after we already had our drinks and she was like, are you guys interested in having the pineapple? And she was looking straight at me and I was like, I guess I'll have one. And then everybody at the table was like, we can't let him drink by himself. So like everybody takes a shot. So we all took a shot. But like the next day, I was just like, it's just like mentally, my brain was just like fried in the sense of like, you know, I'm feeling really lethargic. I'm yeah. Like, uh, overall, like 
my whole body movement, the way I'm thinking is just not there. So I'm thinking like overall, yeah. Well, you don't drink much or like at all. So exactly. I mean, it's going to hit you extra hard. So. Yeah. So I, I, can, I think I have to just like forego. Of all the drugs to give up, alcohol would be my favorite. Like, I literally only drink because of like social pressure. Like if you're around mm-hmm. other people, it's pretty much it me feels too. it's like oh, I'll actually have a Pepsi or a water. <laughs> like that feel like I either feel like a loser or like people think I'm like a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> so that's the only reason I really drink. I mean, certain occasions like tonight we're going to a concert. I'll probably get a drink for that. Like mm-hmm. I like having a little bit of alcohol for like music and stuff. But alcohol is definitely my least favorite drug. I think. Yeah, I, it's like there's there's a lot of stuff that I watch about like for, um traveling and whatnot. And one of the biggest things that foreigners run into as a problem wherever they go, let's say Thailand, Vietnam, South America, and whatnot, it's the drinking part because a lot of times the, the drinks are so cheap. Yeah. So people are just like, oh, I'm gonna just gonna have seven beers because it'll cost me probably seven dollars for all those beers, or like or five, whatever it is, and then people just drink themselves to death. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like, literally. And it's a good way to like meet people and stuff. Because exactly. like at a bar, if everyone's drinking, like it's easier to meet people and stuff like that. And yeah, cost of living is cheap. So yeah. you like you drink with your, with other expats, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna go back to my apartment, take a nap, and you come back and you drink again. Yeah. And everything is still cheap. So like I mean, cost of living in terms of your the place that you're staying, the food. So it's it's really set up. If you have like a, even a little bit of money, you could just like keep drinking yourself to death. Yeah. So. I'm like, oh, that's never going to be me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing to, to be aware of. And so it's, it's like, good oh. that you're not going to most likely fall in that trap. Um, biggest thing is probably going to be the women. Oh, yeah, God. which I think the alcohol and the women do come hand in it. Like, that's also a good way to, like, get laid in the country prize to, like, drink at a bar and be, like, buying drinks for people and, like, balling out. Yeah. But it seems like you can find the women without alcohol from your previous travels. Yeah, out of all the things, I I, I still keep thinking about it, too. It's just, like, I know, like, there's some basic traps that you'll have, like if you live in a country where there's so many beautiful women. Like if you live in Colombia, Brazil, um, or Philippines, Thailand, there's so many beautiful women in general. So it's kind of you could just throw a dart and then you <laughs> you'll hit somebody and you're like, oh shit, she's pretty cute. So and cost of living is pretty cheap. So you could, but with everything, you could always do excess. Yeah. Yeah, you have one beautiful woman, and you're like, okay, the one is not enough. You go to two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you got to pay for all of this, where it's like, you might not pay for, like, directly for the sex, but let's say you're taking her out to shopping. You're taking her out to eat. You're spending time with her, but you're doing something. Yeah. You go Even if you go to another province or something like that, there's a cost associated to every interaction. You have. It's just in general, even with people. Yeah. There's always a cost anytime associated. Anytime you leave your house. I mean, you can spend plenty of money without leaving your house, but anytime you leave your house... It's, it's going to cost, cost money. Exactly. So overall, the cost is significantly lower than taking a girl out here. Yeah. Because you can imagine going to a restaurant here. It's like at least a hundred something bucks. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. So If like, you're lucky, it's around a hundred. Exactly. So, um, so all these aspects, you could really ball out in these countries. And once you do that, you, yeah, unless you're doing the equivalent of like what you would spend for one woman here. You could do that with three, four. I was thinking like eight to ten, depending on the country. It, it, it and depending could be. on what you do. I mean, compared to New York City, like I feel like yeah, Columbia or Thailand, like you could probably probably at least eight women for like what you could take out one woman here for. Um, yeah, because you could just do a cheap date where you're like, oh, let's go for some ice cream or somewhere, or like let's just go for some food and hanging out and like in the plaza or whatnot. Or even like going out to dinner. I mean, there's no 
you don't tip in those cultures, right? Really? Um, yeah, but it's like what a dollar. Yeah, so like time. here it's like yeah, a hundred dollars, then you tip another twenty dollars, yeah. and that's good, like most likely if you go out to eat, it's gonna be like a hundred and fifty to two hundred if you get drinks and stuff. Yeah, plus a tip. Yeah, so overall, like you could, yeah, like the vices part, like the women would probably be my biggest vice, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like when it comes to women in general, is they're cool, but I don't like spending a lot of time with them. It's like ah, it's like I mean besides. Some fun activities that we do. <laughs> it's like afterwards, like yeah, I like talking to them, but in short spurts. And I don't necessarily know how you feel about this, but it's like, you know, when they ask you like how your how was your day? Yeah, like, that's one of the the worst questions I I get from people on a consistent basis. Really, I don't like when people ask me how my day was. Most of the time, I'm it's like. It's like, do I explain everything that went through in my day, which I don't want to do? I just give the standard answer of like, oh, I was good. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was a bad day. I'm like, well, if ah. the person's genuinely interested and wants to hear everything I did and actually will ask questions and get into it, I like that question. But if they're just like asking and they don't care about, like you're just saying stuff and like, oh, that's good, then yeah, that's a shitty question. But if there's a girl that's like, wants to hear about what I learned on banjo today, like <laughs> I could talk about that for a while. Yeah. Uh, so, but overall, even if I were to explain it to somebody I like or whatnot, I don't know. It's like if you ask me that question every day, it's gonna I don't like it. Yeah. Or even like reaching out to people. I'm I don't know. I'm a weird guy in the sense of if even if you reach out to me once every couple of months, it's like a pain for me to respond back. Well, I just hate I don't mind it in person. Like I love conversations exactly. like this, but like I hate just having small talk over text. That's like, exactly same. Like I don't just, which I should be better about like staying in contact with people, but I'm just like so bad at keeping in contact with people like remotely yeah same and yeah like i had a professor reach out from college like he reached out to me on linkedin randomly i ta'd for him and i like him he's like a really cool guy and he's like oh like what's like what's he reached out on? to me in october and then i took like a few days to reply and then he took like a month to reply and then i took a few days to reply and then i was like he's like sorry about taking so long to reply i'm like it's fine i like never check my messages <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, what's a better platform for me to reach you on? And I was like, fuck. Yeah, why do I? So why I, are you asking me all these? Questions? So I gave him my, I gave him my phone. I waited like a day to reply though, so he wouldn't like text me immediately. He hasn't mm -hmm. texted me, and I actually like this guy, and I like talking to him, but just mm -hmm. like, I have enough shit going on. I don't need to like <laughs> sit on my phone and fucking have these long soliloquy. Yeah. So I totally get that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's annoying, but hey, it's it's part of like the the process of like. Yeah, like you said, like in in life version in life, yeah, I could like I could ramble and we talk about a bunch of different stuff. But like over text is just so terrible for me. Because yeah. like you could catch me really you could catch me in spurts. Like there could be a spurt where we're just having back and forth and I'm like really engaged. But that's like few and far between. Same. Like in a year's time, like I might have those spurts like five to six times at best. And if you don't catch me during those periods of time, then you probably every text you get back from me is gonna be dry. It's like, yeah. what's going on? Everything's good. How about you? Everything is good over here. Great. <laughs> That's yeah. It. Unless you have like something like a question or like something specific to talk about, but yeah. Also, yeah, I'm so bad at replying quickly, and I hate when people immediately reply. Oh yeah. Unless like, we're like talking about we're like meeting up later today and we're yeah. making plans, but it's like it gives it fills me up with anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Like, why are you responding to me this quickly, man? It's like, take 10 minutes yeah. or a day. I don't care. And so much, I just like see it on my watch and then I'm like, oh, I'll get back to that. And then I don't. And it's like, oh shit, it's been two days I haven't replied. <laughs> Same. 
which Same. I remembered my friend texted me earlier today when I was in a rush, like cleaning, and I haven't replied to him yet. So, yeah. I, I get back to you stuff. when I get back to you. Yeah. Especially because it's a what's up, and I'm like, I'm doing <laughs> stuff. What's up with you? And then it'll be a nothing. And I was like, okay. You know what's going on recently is is killing me in the part where it's like it's double it's like a double edged sword where um Luisa, like the Colombian girls. Oh yeah. They've been reaching out to me <laughs> that like I just like liked their comment and then I don't <laughs> say anything else. <laughs> so like so her friend I think their friend likes me, but I'm not attracted to her. Like her friend is not bad looking. She's yeah. kinda cute, but She's gonna. It's like her. The, she kind of. She's kind of be like SpongeBob SquarePants in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a that. Like it's like she's. She's kind of like a. It's like she's not. She's like chubby, I guess. Um, it's like a wider body, but you can't consider. She's not chubby, but she's not skinny. Just a broader frame. Yeah, she has a broader. Exactly, that's a perfect way to say it, broader frame, and. Overall, in the looks, like from a certain angle, you're like, oh wow, she's really cute. But most of the time, you're like, hmm, she's all right. So, I don't know. I think she kept complimenting me while we were there. She was like, oh, you're very handsome, I'm like stuff like that. Or, or like Louisa was telling me, oh, she thinks you're very cute and whatnot. And I was like, I guess that's that's a cool thing for me, but I don't really like her. And Louisa, even though she's cute, it's like I'm not like for me the way I'm thinking about it's like if I'm not deeply attracted to a girl, like. You know, like, you see certain women, you just want to jump on them. Yeah. I do not recommend jumping on women. It doesn't matter how attractive she is. Never do it. Without consent. Without consent, exactly. If she says, jump on me, do it. But, <laughs> but like, what I'm realizing now is, like, if I don't have, like, a deep, deep attraction to a girl, I'm not even going to consider it. Like, I'm not going to go back to, like, you know what you do? It's like, oh, she's not that bad. It's like, I consider it. Uh, she could do she she fits my portfolio a little bit now since like I can't get a girl that's like really really hot yeah but like for me it's like if she's not really really hot like, I'll just go without I'm like ah oh, fuck it well, I mean at this point in your life and when you're like are on the precipice of like your life changing completely yeah at this point I feel like it's you should just wait like yeah that'd suck if you got in a relationship now and then you're like rich and you're like fuck I could have been like balling out around the world yeah banging like, a bunch of girls now I have like a girlfriend that I'm like half into yeah so, so at this point, like it seems like you've been focusing on your bag and staying single. Yeah. You might as well just ride that out until you cash the bag and then you can do whatever you want. Oh yeah. So I I think that's the exact mindset I'm having. And like when I have the baddies that I've always wanted, it's gonna be I don't know, man. You might not even hear from Pete <laughs> again. It's like, Pete, what were you doing? I'm like, oh, it's like another baddie. It's like how many? It's like four. Like, oh, like today and like no, the last hour. <laughs> so I think there's going to be a period of time where I think I'm going to go a little wild. It's going to be, if I come out of it with no kids and no STDs, they'll be pretty good. I think I'll consider myself very lucky. But yeah. a lot of women, a lot of faces are going to be seen. A lot of beautiful ones. So we'll see. All across the world. So, Well, Think of all the beautiful things crypto can give us. I know, right? Beautiful women, beautiful life, freedom. Yeah, that's that's like the best thing, man. So hopefully we get to both achieve our goals. And I mean, the thing is, yeah, if we have the if we have our money right and we don't do anything crazy stupid after, I mean, I think I'm just gonna set aside. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna put this money right here and I'm gonna go crazy with it in the sense of like I'm gonna 
do all these things with all these checks. And once that runs out, that's it, Pete. I'm cutting you off. Yeah, that, that'd be a good way to do it. Until you get to that point, then you're like fucking addicted to it. You're like, oh, let's take out this other portion of money. Yeah. But if you can have self-control, yeah. that'd be a fun way. You're like, I have 500 grand to spend on just like fucking balling out. Yeah. And just like go crazy. As long as you survive that. Oh, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm going to go cheap. As, I, and one thing I'm realizing too, as like my portfolio has gone higher, I've actually become cheaper in certain aspects where I'm like, if I had, it's like, I keep thinking, like, doing visualizations. Like, if I'm a million right now, am I going to really spend, like, $1,000 on one check? I'm like, probably not. Yeah. She has to, like, I'm going to negotiate with her like crazy. She's like, Pete, I expect you to buy me these type of things. I'm like, expect and buy? <laughs> you better be happy with, like, this little meal that I'm giving you and, like, a couple of trips here and there that cost less than that. So we got to renegotiate this deal. So I'm realizing that even though I like to think that I'll be going crazy with, oh, I spent like 50K on this chick or whatnot. I'm Fuck that. I, I'm just going to start thinking. I start thinking more in like the opportunity cost where I'm like, oh my God, if I spend 50K on this chick, that's like 50K I'm not going to spend on Cardano or yeah. these other investments. So I think as I'll, I'll make more money, I'll be more, I'll, I'll be more of that as opposed to like, being like, oh, I don't care about money. I'm just going to like go crazy and just like spend all of it because it could all be gone. And I worked so hard and I sacrificed so much in order for me to like get to this point or like on the precipice of it. So, and if I lose everything, like where, like I started to think about it this way. Where are all these women going to be? Are they going to be still like, oh, Pete, you know what? We're going to rebuild this portfolio together. Yeah. They're not going to be there. They're all gonna be like getting their back blown out by somebody else who, yeah. who made a killing, right? So I didn't. I have to preserve myself at the end. So because who, they're not gonna, they're just gonna be gone, do their own thing, and then me, I'm just broken. Like, damn, I spent all this money on her, and there was no love. She's like, yeah, there was never love in the whole place. I was just a baddie that you were smashing for a period of time until you ran out of money. I'm like, damn, it was that cold, huh? So well, the best advice I've heard is you gotta act broke to stay rich. So exactly. I think I'm gonna definitely want to use that strategy. Yeah, I'm not buying any expensive stuff. Like the 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 most expensive thing that I'll probably buy for myself is like I was thinking of a chain, but I'm going to South America. They'll just like steal my chain. Yeah, that's yeah. So I, yeah, you might not want to be too flashy down there. Nah, um, I was thinking of that chain to like signify everything, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna buy a chain. So it'll probably be the most expensive thing I'll. I, I don't even think I want to buy. That's the thing. It's like as portfolio has gone up i don't i don't feel a, comp, a compulsion to buy i just like it's like i'm so i'm getting happier that oh my fucking god there's like a timeline to this freedom it's like i'm gonna be freer yeah. sooner than later so it's like a, a slave being like oh my god my ma the master that i have I, it's like an indentured servant like yeah. serving out is um your sentence is getting sentence. so close to being done exactly so i'm like I'm getting excited for that. And it's the same thing for you. It's like, yeah. fuck, I don't have to like worry about like, the stress that you're talking about, like losing, um, possibly getting fired and whatnot. Yeah. That's that's stressful, man. It's like, yeah. that's annoying. It'll just be like a huge weight, just like so much mental space that's taken up by just like having a job. And yeah, like luckily I don't live paycheck to paycheck and I have money set aside. So I'll be fine for at least six months if I get fired. But yeah, not having that will be nice. But unfortunately I do have relatively expensive taste like <laughs> i don't care about shit to like impress other people like i'm fine with keeping my car and i don't buy expensive clothes but like technology definitely musical instruments and technology so like i could see myself like balling out on some instruments like i'd probably buy a new computer so i can do like better vr mm -hmm. and like just hobbies i want to get into like i 
when I have a house and have more space and stuff, I definitely want to build like an independent building that can be like my music studio Mm -hmm. and like have space to do VR. And then I want to get into 3D printing. Like I've been kind of falling down the rabbit hole of like people that are 3D printing guns, which is pretty cool. Oh, shit. So, I mean, I definitely want to buy more guns when I live in a state where you can actually fucking own your guns instead of leaving them back at my parents' house. But buying guns and then getting into 3D printing guns would be pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, 3D printers, how much are they? Like the I one mean, that you, you would like, use, that like the one that you would like to use in order for you to do all the stuff that you want to do. I haven't done too much research because I don't want to like, that's just like once I started doing research and shit, that's like mm-hmm. the pathway to me buying stuff. So <laughs> I've stayed very surface level, but I know like there's some pretty cheap ones that are like under $300 where you can make like pretty serviceable stuff. And it okay. depends on what you want to do because like some people are printing the entire guns and making the barrel and doing rifling at home with all mm-hmm. this shit or like... The only part of the gun that's registered is called, I could be butchering this now, I'm blank. I think it's called the receiver part, but like, mm-hmm. I think it's the part that actually has the trigger on it or something, but there's only one part of the gun that has a serial number and is registered. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the gun parts you can buy like anonymously online and stuff. So a lot of people oh, just 3D print that one part, which might just be like the grip and the handle mm-hmm. and the trigger, and then you just buy the rest of the stuff and you can have like untraced guns, which... I don't really care about them being traced. I don't plan on doing any mass shootings or anything like that. <laughs> you don't plan on it. <laughs> it might be like a spur of the moment. <laughs> I get on some antidepressants or something like that. But uh, yeah. but just like the fact that you can like make firearms at your house and just like some of the stuff that I've seen people create, like they're creating like really cool gun designs and stuff. So yeah. guns are fun. Having stuff to protect yourself is fun. So I could see that being like a hobby. I go down the rabbit hole on. Yeah, well, I'll... I'll purchase a gun from you too. <laughs> I wonder how that works. I think I could gift it to you without an issue. Oh yeah, that's true. You just yeah, I'll I'll give you all the tools in order for. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, I'll. Uh, this is what I'm I'm gonna design a gun. I'm like, all right, you're a, a gun designer, and then from there, you uh you see, like you'll tell me, oh, I need this, that, and a third. Pay you for that, and you get all the materials you created. And I'm like, yeah, nice. I have like a custom gun. Uses this to shoot pistol pee pistol. The pistol pee pistol, exactly. Like, ah. Because I've always wanted to have, like, one of those, you know, like the, have you ever heard of the stripper guns? Uh, What's a stripper gun? Oh, like, there's like these, because you have you ever watched, like, those movies or TV shows from way back in the days where there'd be, like, a scene about a prostitute or, like, a stripper, and then she would pull out a gun and it would be in her boots and it would be, like, a very small gun. Oh, like a Derringer is what they're. Oh, that's the name of it? Yeah, well. That is one of the small guns. That's like what, like in the eighteen hundreds, like prostitutes and shit had. Exactly. Yeah. So I would like to have like a pro- <laughs> a hooker gun. So I'm like just like pull it out of my sock. I'm like, hey, buddy, a John that comes like a John that like is running away. I'm like, hey, I got the little jammy over here. You better watch out. So it'll be so. But I but I've always wanted to have a small like a smallish gun that just fits into your hand perfectly. In Columbia, I th- I feel like that would be fitting to have. I wonder what the gun laws are like there. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that is true. Um, they have, it's like they have guns, but most of the guns that you would have are like old. Yeah. So like, it's like in the, in the U.S., that's why I like so much about the U.S. It's great for anything that you would really want to get into. You could get, you know? Yeah. If you're really into guns, you'll find like every fucking gun. You'll have latest guns, old guns, um, new guns, like new concepts. You're like, fuck. You want something to kill something. Oh yeah. America's the place to be. We're on it, the cutting edge of murder. Exactly. Like for that, like technology-wise, you'll have everything that you really want. Like if you want to get like the latest, the best 3D printer, 
I mean, you could import it. Like, from wherever it's, wherever they make the best, it's going to find its way to the U.S. Yeah. And you're going to be able to use it. Like, camera, everything that's related to that stuff. So, so from that aspect, that's why I was like, at the end of the day, whatever happens with the U.S. next in our lifetime, it'll be fine. Where I'm thinking that, yeah, I still want to be here. Like, or I still would want to have, have a base here. Yeah. So, I can't. I just like this whole aspect of like giving up the U.S. citizenship. I'm like, fuck. Well, you'll have your South Dakota mailbox. Yeah, so I have my. <laughs> that could be your base. <laughs> yeah, it'll be my base. And like, what do you do when you come back? I'm like, I, I tent to... outside the post office. Yes, exactly. So I, I just chill out there. I, I was like, if I could build out a little bunker <laughs> in South Dakota, and South Dakota is like right next to Wyoming. I never yeah. know. Like I looked at, I thought Wyoming. I've always thought Wyoming was further down. And I was looking at the map. I was like, oh shit, I could go to Wyoming. It's right there. That's another thing I could definitely see putting a bunch of money into is like becoming full prepper, like building yeah. a bunker, getting food. I've already started looking into like how much it would cost to get like a bulletproof vest and like ballistic helmet and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't wear the ballistic helmet out, but I mean, they make some pretty thin bulletproof vests. I'm like, you never know when a mass shooting is going to happen. It couldn't hurt to just always wear this. <laughs> exactly. They're only like four or 500 bucks, which isn't too bad. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's one of the things like, you never know when a mass shooting is going to happen. Yeah. It I'm would surprised be. more don't happen in New York City. Well, I think it's because they have such strict gun laws and there's so many cops and stuff. But yeah, like I'm surprised as well with this many people. But Chicago has like a lot of, but I guess it's one area in the South Yeah. Side, I so. wonder how their gun laws are there too. But yeah. Because they're like right next to Indiana, which has like some of the loosest gun laws. Yeah. So a lot of people just like, oh, let's just drive down to Indiana, buy guns, and then just bring it back to yeah, Chicago. Yeah, because I think like. New York has basically bullied like all the surrounding states to also have like really strict gun laws. So it's oh, like, okay. So it makes sense. It's pretty insulated. Because like, yeah, Jersey, yeah, um, Massachusetts, further up, Maine. Yeah. So Say yeah. Maine doesn't really, yeah, our gun laws are very loose, but I think like Connecticut, Rhode Connecticut, Island, yeah. Jersey, I don't think they're as strict as here, but. Pennsylvania, I guess, is like on the quasi side where it's yeah. like a little bit, but wait, how far is, I mean, I know you, when you drive from here to, to your hometown is it is it is it seven hours seven to eight yeah seven. i could be like in southern maine in, in like four and a half to five depending on traffic from okay. here so you drive so it goes from new york what's the next that you hit i'm so bad with directions i just follow my blue line i think i hit a little bit of rhode island okay. i don't even know if i always hit rhode island it's always like it's basically connecticut massachusetts in new hampshire okay so a lot of time in connecticut Go through like part of Massachusetts and through New Hampshire, and then I'm usually in Maine. Oh, okay. So might I might hit. It always takes me a different way. I feel like I've always taken a different way, oh, really? forward and back. I just follow whatever my GPS says. <laughs> but and sometimes I go through Jersey. Actually, when I come back and when I leave, I if I can go through Jersey, I avoid going through like Queens and stuff. So actually, oh. so it's like Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and then Maine. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, so. Wait, but how far is Vermont from you? So I went, the only time I've been to Vermont was for my friend's bachelor party last summer. Oh, that, that bachelor party. Yeah. Two thumbs down, right? One thumb sideways. <laughs> not not my favorite bachelor. Well, that might be the only bachelor party I've actually been to. I've been to a bachelorette party. But yeah. Um, but it, I think from, I don't even know, is Vermont that big? It was, like, quite a ways. Like, I think it took me eight hours to get there, but I, like, drove away, like, wow. upstate New York and then, like, crossed over to Vermont. But, and then the only, I guess I've been to Vermont, through Vermont, when I went to Montreal for Maine a soft, when I was a sophomore in college. But 
yeah, it was quite a haul. I want to say at least like six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. So they're not super close. Wait for oh wait. So you, when are, when are you planning? Oh, is it like you don't know yet what the the future? Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any concrete plans yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because like I was gonna say Vermont. I uh, know we're not doing. <laughs> nah, I kind of organized that bash party. You know where I want to take you. Is it Columbia or Vegas? <laughs> Both actually, depending on how if because you, would it be sooner rather than, or later the the marriage aspect? I don't like the bachelor party. Probably twenty twenty five would be the earliest it'd be. Depending oh, on fuck depending yes. on if my girlfriend is pregnant right now, which uh, hopefully she's not. Okay. Oh, if she if you're gonna expedite the if she's the pregnant, we'll at least have to have conversations to figure out what the fuck's gonna happen. Okay, but. Right. Okay. Hopefully that hopefully we'll know within a few days that that's not the case. If it's twenty twenty five, bro, you know what the fuck we're gonna do, man. Yeah, that that I haven't even yeah. If we have my bachelor party post bull run. Ah bro, we it's gonna be the craziest. Well, movie. I have a few like I would like to shoot guns and I'd also like to play paintball are the two things I'd wanna do during my bachelor party. Oh, Vegas. We just go to Vegas for that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Also there'll probably be some girls invited as well because I've been I've been in two bridal parties. Oh, so I'll need to clear it with them to make sure they're down to do guy stuff. But yeah, when I was talking to my friend when I was home last time, thinking of like who'd be invited to my bachelor party, I'm like, fuck, I'm like, it's like thirty percent girls. Yeah, the thing is, like, I guess for for the bachelor party, you, we're gonna have to do like a us me, me and you type of thing. You could have your regular bachelor party, but we are gonna have to do a Pete and Jake's corner bachelor. We party. We should do like a pre like we could. Do a few days leading into like everyone else could meet us. Like, oh yeah, we could lead into it. Yeah, but we have to like the way that we plan it out. It's gonna be fucking wild, man. <laughs> We're gonna have to go to a couple countries. We're gonna <laughs> gonna go from country to country. Oh wait, shit. We have to. Do, you want to do ayahuasca before that? Or? I don't. I need to figure out the timing of Bro, all. Of we this, have. But. Yeah, but it's gonna be like two weeks of just going straight bender and then coming back and then like you're gonna have your bachelor party. What I want. Team. I guess it would make sense to do the ayahuasca beforehand. Yeah, it's like, might as well just like do it yeah. before. Yeah, before we need like, to figure out. Because your life is going to be completely different after. Yeah. Because you can't be like married and then like, how oh long yeah. Does 12 sessions, how long? The, that must be like at least a, like a two-week process. I've yeah. just heard that was what Graham Hancock, I think, was talking about it because he's done ayahuasca a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying he recommends like a 12-session regimen. So I'm guessing that at least be two to three weeks. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it. That is. that'd be almost every day for like two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that'd be a lot, but because I mean, by, let's say it's like, oh, you said that you're not too sure when you would quit the job, right? Yeah, and, and that's board. like a hard like. If I have a couple million dollars in my bank account, I might not do the thing where I just fucking wait it out till I get fired. So, but yeah, I'm hoping to only stay in the job another twelve to eighteen months if I don't get fired. Okay, so yeah, so. Yeah, man, it's gonna be crazy. It's, it's gonna, gonna be crazy. Uh, we don't do. We're gonna do everything under the sun, man. God, ah. I hope that we uh, hope we both nail the the profit taking exit strategy. That's like if only one of us nailed it, it'd be like fuck. Nah, man. We, the thing is, like, it's not even personal with this, man. It's like I don't care. It's like I am a long term believer in this crypto stuff. I'll be back, but in the meantime, I'm fucking bro. Ninety five percent of my portfolio is getting sold. Ninety five. Yeah. Like, the 5%, if it goes much crazier, it retraces heavy, I don't care. But 95 is my threshold. Yeah. So however however early or... But it's like overall, 95 is going to get sold. It's, yeah. yeah. I, did I catch everything at the top? I don't care. 
but it's going to be sold, man. It's, yeah. There's no like, oh, I could go higher. Like, I think at the most, like that, like I told you, that screenshot that came out of nowhere, it could that would be insane. That, that would be insane, but I'm not going to wait all, all the way until then. Um, yeah, because, bro, we're still early in this, yeah. uh, in this space. I mean, we, we know you, both of us see like the amount of shit that we have to do. I mean, it's, it's come natural to us, but the average person, it has to come to the point where it's almost like a Robin Hood or something yeah. like that. So I read still, something that crypto needs to become to the point where like, Setting up a wallet and managing your assets is as easy as TikTok for like mass adoption. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, definitely not as simple as downloading and scrolling through TikTok yet. Yeah, not yet. But it'll, it'll reach that inflection point however long that takes. But it's that's the best part. It's like however long that takes, there's a bunch of opportunity for us to like really make significant yeah. gains. Where, um, But by the time everybody comes in, like the majority is like, oh, fuck, <laughs> too bad. And we're gonna be like the people that they keep complaining about. He's like, "Oh, Jeff Bezos can afford this." I'm like, "Fuck, bro!" It's like we're gonna gonna be like Pete and Jake's corner can afford these things. We need to eat them. Like what? <laughs> it's like we just took opportunities early on. You had the same opportunities, but like, well, it's not fair. You're rich. I'm like, so we weren't always rich. Exactly. Then we're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, we remember the days where we didn't have all of this," and then I'll be like. Well, you should. This should give you a tax of like seventy percent of your wealth. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, we'll be we'll be the ones avoiding taxes yeah. at that point. Yeah, at that point. So, but yeah, that's one thing I need to keep reminding myself is like, I don't need to make enough money to get me through the rest of my life. This run, I just need like, yeah. if I get enough to make me through, get me through the next ten years. Yep, that can get me to the next market. And I just need to set enough of that aside so I can invest more into that one, and then hopefully that will be like two cycles. Yeah, um, so, and it might be better to get gradually. Yeah. Rich any like it might be better to make a couple million than the next time you're making like seven figure digits like instead of all at once. So Exactly. Even though I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't complain if I made ten million, but the chances of that are pretty slim unless I get a lot of liquidity, a lot of capital in there. Yeah um, this year. It's like but let's say something just like pops off like crazy, like much higher than any of your expectations. It's possible. Yeah. But it's just that would you want to wait out until that investment does that? That's yeah. the big, that's the, I think some of the stuff that we've seen is like, we could see crazy numbers, but are you going to be like, it's it's kind of like, okay, Lint fires at five. And let's say in the bull run, just, I'm just throwing a crazy number. Let's say it reaches like $2,000, right? Yeah. Are you going to be like the guy who held from five to 2000 and sold at 2000? You're like, fuck, it's not going to go any higher than here. I'm selling everything. Yeah. No, you're more likely going to sell at like 200 or or seventy bucks, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're gonna sell it way earlier than that, and yeah, but you never know where it could go. Yeah. What if Lenfi becomes the next Bitcoin? You never know. Yeah, you you really don't in the space. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to set these more like two point one million. Still a bit of a stretch, but that's not out of the realm of possibility. No. And I'm gonna make a lot smarter, more conservative decisions trying to hit that goal rather than like hoping for a moonshot on like half of my coins. Yeah, so Spores, um, the one I told you, I think I... Yeah, the gaming one? Yeah, the the gaming launchpad one. It's been doing well, but I still think it's over... It's only like a couple million dollar market cap. Oh, wow. So, so it's still really small. Yeah, compared to where it can be, let's say it reaches like 500... I mean, that's like a 500x from here, like, or a little bit less than that. So if it reaches that point, man, I'm thinking that... Yeah, so I it still has long ways to go, um, especially for gaming. That's going to be it. Oh, I wanted to run this idea by you so i also had some i wanted to get into like um crypto gaming stuff but 
we're nearing the two hour mark, oh, which shit. the files get too big to upload. So right. I have to reduce the quality. So we should probably wrap this up and this gives us yep. something to talk about next time. So you better come back to Pete and Jake's corner. Yes, sir. <laughs>